Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast special announcement edition. Natasha, we have a very special announcement, do we not? Yes. You know, I believe it was March of 2021 when the world went on lockdown from a man-made virus uh, where a man made a pangolin, roasted it alive, ate its blood, and then fucked someone in Chengdu. You remember that? It was in Chengdu? Well, it was in Wuhan. Okay. Yeah. So Sorry, Chengdu reminds me of my favorite restaurant. Chengdu Taste? Yeah. Oh, it's good. Uh, so COVID occurred. And that was right at the beginning of this beautiful podcast we were doing. And I don't know if people remember in the archives, the Seth Rogen episode, mm-hmm. when we were all thinking, what's going to happen next? Right. And then we just... Uh, Instead of being afraid, we decided to podcast. That's right. We decided to, uh, when life gives you bivalent lemons, you make viral lemonade. And so we started doing twice a week all through the pandemic because we literally, not only do we have nothing better to do, we had nothing to do, right? Yeah, it was just like just the fun of putting on some mascara for, for a podcast. Believe me, that was fun for me. Did you, you know? wear mascara? No, when you would put on the mascara. Oh, thank you. I know how important it is for you to have me fully made up at all times. Well, specifically your eye area. I'm I, I'm a big proponent of eyeliner and mascara in the house at all times. As an alpha male, that's kind of the baseline that I require from my my woman. You know, my dad's wife before he died, she was in her seventies. She definitely had a full face of makeup on every morning by seven thirty. That's a generational thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Here's the reality. Like the base and everything. Here's the reality, Natasha. I think you are H-O-T mm-hmm. with or without makeup. See, you say that, but... But what? I wonder if it's true. Have you ever noticed that my amorous nature, and by which I mean my boners, are not around if you're not wearing makeup? <laughs> no, never? See? So anyway, there was a lot of podcasting twice a week, Monday and Friday. Our format, which had been up until that point, a couple guests, a couple secrets, started to slowly morph into two spheres. Secret dumps on Fridays and advice calls on Mondays. Well, guess what, guys? We can't take it anymore. The load of output is too much for us to bear. Twice a week is too difficile, which is Spanish for difficult. Do you know that? I do. Difficile. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Hebrew, you'd say caché, I believe. You'd also say difficile. Did I, did I say it wrong? I don't know. I, I might have said it wrong. I just like to correct you. Oh, that's nice. Um, and so we've decided to shake things up a little bit. You know, when we first did the Patreon, we thought about putting the secret dumps behind a paywall. But that felt like wrong because we were like, well, secrets are a part of the format of the show. So for those people that can't afford the Patreon or can afford the Patreon but don't care to support us as we try to feed our child, we should make sure that they get secrets too. So here's what we're going to do. Natasha, break it on down. Uh, We're just going to combine the two episodes. Okay. So what we're going to do is Monday. I would have already told them by now. I know, but I'm tr- we're trying to like uh, build up the suspense. Mm. You know, this is like the moth. You know, the moth. Mm-hmm. This is a story, a storytelling show about the new format of our show. On Tuesday, you're going to get a regular episode, advice calls, and three secrets. That's the full endless honeymoon experience. That's suck and fuck around the world, as we call it in the sex worker community of the 1970s. But we're still going to be doing something, uh, an extra secret dump for our Patreon, because we do have a lot of secrets. And that was the whole point of doing the dump, is that we just had this surplus. Well, I don't say that we have a surplus, because we still need people to call in and give us their secrets. They don't all get on. Uh, So once a month, 
For our Patreons, there will be a special Patreon-only secret dump. These are secrets that cannot be heard uh, by anyone but Patreon subscribers. Speaking of Patreon subscribers, we had an amazing dinner party. I loved it. I, I wanted it to keep on going. We only had childcare for an hour. But right as we were leaving, this guy in the Zoom was like, oh, I'm going to I need to mansplain AI to Natasha. And, and so she's not scared anymore. I didn't even get to hear what he had to say. And then we logged off. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to say. Not only do we have a wonderful Patreon gathering, but we also had it seemed like the end of the world was occurring. Oh, my God. It was so crazy. People were like having to like hide and go into their um basements because bunkers because there was a twister a coming they were in the midwest my mom lives in illinois and her neighbor's shingles flew into her yard like the roof of the house got we had people running to their basement for tornado watch and then people on the west coast there was an earthquake they felt the earthquake i actually thought it was coming to us now i want to say that this once a month patreon episode of secrets is only for the patreon subscribers and there's a new um sort of caveat that we're going to have our patreons um have to sign which is an nda which means that if you receive the monthly secret dump and you share it with a non-patreon subscriber that uh we will litigate to the full extent (laughs) of our powers and we will come after you and we will crush you like the bugs that you are but um, that's the new format. Our special Patreon-only secret dump will come out the first Friday of every month. It's exclusive to our Patreon listeners. You cannot share it. If you do share it, we will know. We have um, an algorithmic uh, code embedded in the file. And if it is shared, the FBI will come after you and the full weight of the Department of Justice. And... Natasha, did you have something to share with the class? Oh, yeah. I was going to tell everyone um, our daughter is working on her artwork. Um, We're making some modern art for our Patreon subscribers. Um, I may be helping her with some of these. If you haven't subscribed to the Patreon yet. I don't know. I'm pretty impressed. Now is the time. You get an extra bonus up. You get an extra. You get some freaking modern art. Oh, you get my book? You get Natasha's book. You get to come have dinner with us on a quarterly basis. And we had we were sharing a recipe, and, and one you, of Moshe's recipes. And I hate to tell you this, but I think I'm going to make it vegetarian themed every time. That's fine with me, Natasha. Because now, I'm into I'm into beans. Is that Natasha mentioned the word beans a record three dozen times? And I didn't know that Natasha was such a bean freak, but it makes a lot of sense if you know what I mean. You know, the, have you ever heard of the blue zones? No, what are the blue zones? Those are the zones where people live the longest in, oh. all, of, in all of the world because they have like certain factors. And when you look at what all the people who live the longest, every single one of them, like beans are like a major part of their diet. That's why people in Boston generally tend to live into, their hundred, into the hundreds oh or God. above. Because it's, it's called Bean Town. <coughs> Wait, Boston's called Bean Town? I thought it was for coffee beans. It might be. Why is Boston called Beantown? We don't know. Natasha, I heard that you um, recently this week, uh, after I very valiantly allowed you to um, go off on a woman's retreat uh, and watch the child without you. God, it was it's difficult to be a man. Uh, I heard that you met um, a reincarnated uh, Russian heiress. Is that correct? I went to a um, women's retreat uh People shared a lot of interesting information with me. One woman told me that she did um, ghee enemas in India for several months. That's until a butter enema? Her personality changed. She she shot liquid butter up her ass until she had a new personality? <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know that was even an option. Well, honey, it is. I would love to give you a ghee enema if it would change your personality. <laughs> now, Natasha... Uh, I you were among the women of we won't say where the retreat was, but it was a you know a real new agey kind of a um, retreat, and they were kind of your people, right? But apparently, you mentioned you didn't get recognized one time by anyone there. No one knew who you were. Yeah, why why are you bringing that up? Only because while you were there and you were being not recognized, uh, I took our daughter to the farmer's market. Oh, what, and you got mobbed? I went to the salmon stand, and guess what? Mr. Salmon, he said, do I know you from somewhere? And I said, yeah, man, you do. 
and it's not from the bow of a ship. I said it's from over 30 at midnight appearances and over 60 Chelsea lately appearances. And he didn't, he, that's not what I said, but I did say I'm a comedian. And he said, oh, yeah. So that was a pretty big moment for me. <laughs> that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. guy. Mm hmm. That so, guy. That was pretty cool. And then I bought. You know, you know when people recognize you, they're like, they're they come home and try to explain it to their family, but they don't know your, which credits to tell them because they don't really know your credits. Yeah, they go, they go. Uh, there, there's different levels of fame, and oh yeah, fame is it's an okay one. You want one above oh yeah, which is oh hey, right when you walk by, someone goes oh hey. Mm -hmm. You don't want somebody, you don't want to be involved in the interaction. You, you don't want them going, who are you? And you go, I'm, I'm this guy. And they go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. I have a lot of those where I have to start telling them my credits. Yeah. You want to be walking by and have them go, oh, hey. But what you don't want is, oh, shit. <laughs> Why? Because then you're too famous? Yeah, that's too famous. Oh, I shit see. is when you walk by, they go, oh, shit. And then they call everybody and then they run after you. So I am hoping that our new format change will uh, lift me from oh yeah into oh hey. Oh hey fame. Oh hey fame. Okay, that is well, my hope. I'm very excited about the new format because in case people are new listeners, they can listen to one podcast and hear secrets. Like they might not know what the secret dump is. Oh yeah, I have one more thing to say about my salmon interaction. Oh yeah, what? So the guy says, don't I know you from somewhere? I said, yeah, well, I am a comedian. He said, oh yeah. And then I said, I'd like a piece of salmon, please, for three people. Uh, and he slapped down a slice of salmon, wild-caught salmon, farmer's market style. And he said, $37, please. And now at this point, I don't want the salmon. Okay? That's too expensive for me. But he's already recognized Ooh. that I am a comedian. And at this point, I'm pretty trapped in the interaction. I can't be like, oh, uh, no, $37, that's too much for me too much salmon i'm going to ralph's to go buy some um diseased farm caught salmon so i you know i plunked down the credit card with gritted teeth and i said oh what a what a bargain but let's not let's say let's not forget to say the most important part of the interaction yeah oh the salmon is that you came home and made one of the best dishes i've ever had in my life oh yeah Moshe made like oh, salmon in red wine sauce it was a chestnut mushroom and red wine reduction with butter i mean it was so delicious yeah. and then you served it with these scalloped potatoes that oh, yeah. tasted like they had cheese on them but it wasn't cheese and they were so thinly sliced it was a thin sliced potato and fennel what olive oil fry oh my god it was so delicious yeah well this is the kind of husbandry you get when you go out of town and talk about enemas for the weekend it really made me appreciate you that meal it, it tasted like it was made by like a french chef well in a way and you even served it with a baguette in a way it was made by one of the preeminent comedic voices in america today moshe oh yeah cash <laughs> all right natasha what do you think shall we get started on our new format Advice calls and secrets all in one. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know, a lot of our listeners call in and they want to know how to meet people and the dating apps just aren't working for them. Yeah. And that's why we want to recommend Talkify. Talkify takes it past the app and into an actual matchmaker meeting with you to learn about you and what you're looking for in a partner. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling, you don't hear that very often, candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Then they select and screen potential candidates for you doing background checks, video interviews, and asking those tough questions that are just too awkward for the first date. Yeah, save some time. Talkify is committed to finding you a match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. Listen, if those apps aren't working for you or being out in the world flirting isn't working for you, try Talkify. What do you have to lose? Right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash honeymoon. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash honeymoon for 20% off when you become a client. Yeah, just remember it like a lady saying it in a Brooklyn accent. Talkify. T-A-W-K-I-F-Y. Talkify.com slash honeymoon. Get those pre-screens. Hey, 
we are going to talk to Isabella in Puerto Rico. Hi, guys. How are Hi. you? We're, we're just going through the day, but we're good. Uh, is it difficult to pretend you're depressed when you're in Puerto Rico? I mean, does that somehow get in the way of the narrative of like, oh, well, it's just another day in absolute abject paradise? Um, I work in the news division. Like, I, I'm a journalist, so like, it's kind of... I wouldn't say it's paradise right now, but um, the views are obviously the best. I, I won't lie. It's pretty hard to like get sad. We took our daughter to Puerto Rico and she was so taken by the place. She uh, bought a Puerto Rican flag necklace mm-hmm. and she still wears it. She has not been able to stop. Puerto talking. Rico is like her like pet, pet, penultimate like place mm-hmm. she's always talking about. And the thing with which she compares all other places to. Puerto Rico is the top, and then everything else is is secondary to Puerto Rico. So That is so sweet. Oh, my gosh. It's honestly just because she stayed. we got to stay at a Ritz, and I think she thinks that that's how nice everything is there. She's really into Fat Joe. Um, she's, you know, when we try to give her um, bananas, she says, what is this crap? Give me Maduros. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Damn it. Damn Wait, it. What about Mafungo? That was so good. Oh, Mafungo. That's what I was trying to say. I was trying to say Mafungo, and that could have been a perfect joke, Isabella, if you hadn't fucked it up. No, that's why I'm here, you. honey, to help fix your jokes. Thank you, hon. Uh, how can we help you? So, um, I have been going out with this guy for the past like four or five months. It's been going pretty well. Uh, we understand each other, we have really good communication. Um, but a few red flags have popped up. One was like a little, uh, I don't know if I can handle this, um, but I can keep going with it. He um, told me he read, reads Jordan Peterson and I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the big thing that happened a few weeks ago that I've been like, oh my God, this is like the breaking point was that he told me that he has um, not been vaccinated at all for COVID. So um, yeah, it's been like a, for me also like being here in Puerto Rico there was a lot of um, mandates here so like you couldn't go anywhere either and I know he was in uh, he lived in Florida for a year but it's like a little bit worrying for me I got like four vaccines and my grandparents have like a lot of health conditions so that's another thing like can I even like let him meet my grandparents have you spoken to him about the vaccine stuff yet so when it came up in conversation, it was just randomly, I was just listening to this song. I'm like, oh, did you know that they like booted this lead singer because he was anti-COVID vax? And then he's like, oh, like anti-vax or anti-COVID vax? And I was like, no, anti-COVID. And he's like, oh, well, I haven't gotten any vaccines. And I was like, and I was like, but why? And he's like, oh, well, the science is too new. And then I was like, too new? Um, and it's his... He has a lot of thoughts about science stuff. Like, um, he's very into intermittent fasting um, and a lot of, uh, he was telling me about this website he looks up and it's called More Plates, More Dates. And it's a website for like people who like to bodybuild or like want to get healthier, I guess. Okay. I, what do you, do you have some thoughts here, Natasha? I, I just do. don't know how desperate you are in Puerto Rico. Like maybe there's not a lot right. of other people there. It is an island. There. It is an island. So your, your options are a little bit limited. Because but in a usual setting, these would have already been like, I only want to be with people who like, I can potentially share a worldview w- with, yeah. or it just gets to be tedious. But if it's just for like sex and fun and mutual friends and, you know, you can deal with them. I mean, like. I would actually rather have a friend like that so I could be like deal with them in smaller doses as opposed to like a partner. That's just a lot. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, here's my thoughts here. I have had a change of heart about vaccine people, COVID anti-vax people, Mm -hmm. uh, because um, they... It doesn't matter anymore. This is my are you ready for a hot the hottest take all the way to the island. It no longer matters because so many people were anti-vax that they kind of xed out the like true value that the COVID vaccine could have possibly given us. So in the end, the difference between someone with a COVID vaccine and without a COVID vaccine, it doesn't really matter in the end. Now this I got from No Plates No Dates, this data that I'm uh, <laughs> delivering you right now. My point is I, I have, we have 
people in our life that are not vaccinated against COVID. And we have people in our life that are vaccinated against COVID. And we are obviously... I don't have many people in my life who are not vaccinated. Uh, yeah, you do. I do. Yeah, you just went to a Guy Enema retreat this weekend. <laughs> I believe you were probably... My point isn't... it Like all of the like unbelievable society-saving stuff that the COVID vaccine could have given us, we didn't get that. So that's gone. And then Jordan Peterson, isolated. I read I read his book. And I... I it's interesting, and there are things that I thought were ridiculous about it. The, either of the well, the vaccine thing is pretty red flaggy, but the real red flag is not even those two things, but it's what they mean when they become linked, which is that yeah. this is like a this is like this is not a person who has some questionable decisions that don't align with your values. This is a person who is showing you, hey, here is the worldview. Here's the total worldview that I ascribe to. Uh-huh. That's the bigger issue. Whether or not you agree with those two things is not the issue as much as are you capable of a partnership with somebody who's like, I'm in a different vibration of, of, of philosophical thought than you. To me, that's the red flag. And not- guess what? Those, that, that wheel of thought he's on is only going to accumulate more more um what's the word details (laughs) right he's gonna grab he's only gonna be adding to this view yeah what do you like about him um we have really i think the biggest thing is obviously communication we've been like if neither of us like i obviously with the covid thing it was a whole different story but with most things like oh i'm not comfortable with this i'm not comfortable with that and we're very like uh we share a lot of Besides this, we share a lot of like common ideals, uh, politics here, and so he's uh, politically aligned with you. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Like, um, but the thing is that politics are also very different here in Puerto Rico. Right, we know that because our daughter tells us about intra Puerto Rican (laughs) politics and stuff. We we're pretty familiar. But it's not Democrat Republican. It's more like based on statehood options. So it's more on that side. And then I've seen more how ideologically, actually, like, in terms, we are a little bit different, but I kind of like him just because he's very empathetic in some sort, but also not so really. We just understand each other more so because he's autistic and then I'm, I have ADHD, so we're on the neurodivergence spectrum. Got it. So there's things that you have in common with him, but then there's things that you're finding out about him that you find objectionable. I mean, I want to clarify. Go ahead. Well, also, one thing you could do, like, I I don't know exactly. I don't know much about Jordan Peterson. But if there's something you don't like about him, you could share that with with. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah. And like try to feed him the 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 counter views and and see how he he deals with. How did he react to to things that you had issues you had with his hero, the mighty, the mighty, mighty Mr. Peterson, Dr. Peterson? I'm so sorry. Mostly when I bring up things that I'm not like in agreement with, um, I, I would say I'm pretty liberal. And he's like, oh, well, show me where that is. Like the data is. He's also a very hardcore vegan. And like, he will tell you that being vegan is the best. And like, oh, my God, being vegan will totally prevent cancer. And you won't have cancer ever if you're vegan. And I'm like, that's statistically just not true. And he's like, no, but like the data. And I'm well, like, you know, who does not data? You know who does not agree with your bow about veganism is his uh, his God, Mr. Peterson. Well, maybe the guy is cool then. Maybe he jo- can. Jo- Jordan Peterson is a red is a red meat aficionado. There's a great clip of Jordan Peterson saying he hasn't eaten anything. <laughs> he hasn't eaten anything but red meat in like three years. Nothing. You, literally. You could also ask your boyfriend to just like not ever say the word data around you. Hmm. It's just not just data. It's like, show me where the evidence is. And that also just being someone who works in news and just like, show me where the evidence is. That's like kind of triggering. Just like, you don't trust me enough. And that's, I think, also just the main point for me. Just like his misinformation and where he's getting information is kind of the biggest for me. What do I always oh, say on this podcast? People call us and they know the answer, but they just want to have somebody hear it and then say it back to them. Now, like I said, I want to clarify my little COVID thing. It's not that I think 
that anti-vax is a reasonable position. It's that I think everybody's been driven so crazy in the last three years that I have have come to find empathy for people who uh, who, who are suspicious or scared of of the vaccines. How could they not be? Because they've been pumped, filled with in, with misinformation. In, in some ways, from every possible angle, I, I just right. empathize with people and I give people who went a little mad around COVID, both on the overly uh, cautious and on the overly... Lysoling uh, uh, oranges. Lysoling oranges, that was us, and on the overly um, laissez-faire. Uh, I kind of give everybody a pass because COVID drove us all mad. Um, but you're, what you're saying to me is, here's all of these ways in which I have found a person who I like romantically, but who has a combative worldview with what I think. Yeah. And it, he wants to debate. And they, these debates make me uncomfortable and they yep. make me not feel good. Like, forget the... the uh, <coughs> she didn't get vaccinated. And so that's sort of what we're dealing with. Forgetting of the specifics of what he's into. Peterson, he's not a vaxxer hardcore militant vegan who thinks that cancer is impossible with vegan people even though vegan people get cancer and die of it it's you presenting all of these things you already know the answer it's like it's a very difficult thing here and i think also the biggest thing for me was also just how puerto rico handled the whole thing because like everybody when they announced the lockdown everybody stayed down bunkered down everyone like got the first vaccine like you couldn't go anywhere here. he was in uh, Flor in from. florida like probably going to like a party or something yeah snorting vegan coke off of uh somebody's <laughs> tits you know i mean i mean the, the problem is my dad lives in florida and i remember him saying that right when lockdown happened he was having a dinner party with all the people all the residents in his condo complex and he's like what well we all live here i just <laughs> like he thought that like he thought that was sheltering in place yeah having a party with only people in his complex <laughs> yeah. I just think, to me, Hold on one second. <coughs> Sorry. I just think, to me, the details of what he says that you object to are not as important as the amount of, of details that you are presenting, which makes it seem like this is not a compatible partner for you. But I think, you know what? If you're not ready to, what did my old sponsor used to say? If the bread ain't done, don't take it out of the oven. If you still like this guy enough to keep seeing him, I say keep going. Because you will definitely either find a way to make it work or to know for sure this can never work. So if you're not ready because you like this guy in other ways or Puerto Rico is literally an island and you're, you're looking for companionship, keep going until you find that you can't deal with it anymore. That's what I think. Tosh? Yeah, and just use it as a chance to practice your opinions on and, you know, yeah. do, you know, have have some sparring if you want. Um, oh, here's speak a, your mind. I got I got a line for you. When he says vegans okay. can't catch cancer, uh, you say, show me the evidence where that's true. Actually, that could backfire terribly for you. And you might be reading like 900 pages of weird vegan blogs. But but it's probably but also, you know, it's not like that's a crazy thought. I think it, that veganism is healthy, but it is healthy, but it doesn't prevent cancer <laughs> completely. But it, I bet it prevents yeah. some kinds of cancers. The cancer thing came also from just like a podcast that I, another podcast I was watching. And they were talking about this documentary about veganism, which they started off. And I told him that by saying that like veganism is completely a great option for combating like climate change and all that stuff and it's definitely better healthier like a lot of the other claims like cancer were far-fetched and then he went and found like the issue with the cancer thing instead of like focusing on the positive thing that they were like recognizing the benefits of veganism but i feel like what Moshe, what you're saying it's totally what i'm feeling like but not letting the I, i'm like <laughs> the breading <laughs> Not letting it get out until I'm one thousand percent sure. Because I'm always like, oh, want, is it the right time? You want a little bit more of that unvaccinated vegan, uh, twelve rules bed making Jordan Peterson make your bed in the morning, um, dong, and you're not ready to let go of that dong, but you are starting to feel that perhaps the dong, as good as it is, the cancer free dong, is not worth the emotional cost of having to debate your partner about weird political stuff every night. So you'll find out. There's no question. You will find out if you can 
get past it and really fall in love and make a partnership or you won't be able to get past it and this is a dead end for you. And in the meantime... And you'll never meet someone else unless you break him off. That is true. Not never, but... No, it's it's true. I think you're right. Thank you guys so much. All right. All right. Well, good luck, honey. You're welcome. Appreciate it. We'll see you on the island with our daughter who's actually... Yes, you're welcome anytime. She's running for governor. You guys have a governor, right? (laughs) Isn't that a thing? That's what you guys have? Yeah, we do have a governor. She's going to run for governor in absentia, even though she's not a Puerto Rican citizen doesn't live there, she's going to run as a write-in candidate, and we, we're counting on you and your uh, publication to support her. All right, bye, hon. Okay, bye. bye-bye. Yeah, I don't know if I could deal with that. Well, you know, desperate times. I mean, I'm of a mind where I don't want to say, I, I feel of two minds about it. Like, I don't want to say, uh, if someone doesn't agree with you on things, that write them off, get them out of your life, they can't be compatible with you. But when there are enough widgets of incompatibility, you know, it's mm-hmm. not just one thing. I guarantee if this guy just was really into Jordan Peterson, she could get over it. But when there's like four and five things, but even more than four and five things, when there's a combative nature to the information, it's not compatible. Whether you're conservative or a liberal. If this person was a hardcore liberal and was dating somebody that was more politically conservative and every single night they were having an argument about you know socialized healthcare and you know maybe it would end in sex i'm sure it does end in sex and i'm sure the sex is good to be able to overlook the fact that this person is worshiping at the temple of dr dr peterson himself more plates more dates uh let's hear some secrets Moj. i'm excited about this new format that's a wonderful idea hi i'm not gonna say my name just in case my best friend listens to this podcast So I was traveling pretty recently for work, and in between my work travels, I had to go to my best friend's bachelor party in the Bahamas. And um, when the night came for me to get all my stuff ready to fly out of the airport, um, I realized that I didn't have my passport, and I searched everywhere in my hotel, and I called every place I had been to, and I even called my boyfriend back at home and asked him to check, you know, everywhere in our apartment for my passport, and unfortunately, it was gone. I missed my flight. I missed the bachelorette party. I told everyone at work um, that my passport was stolen, and it was very tragic, and um, fast forward to me being home a week later, I was going through my files where I have all of my documents. Um, in very important documents, of course, and naturally, my passport was right there. So, um, I haven't told my best friend because I feel very bad. Um, this definitely could have been avoided. I'm not sure, uh, what kind of brain fart happened, but I, I, um, I really messed up and I told my boyfriend and he laughed at me for a solid hour and I told him, yes, where to me he can't tell anyone and that means i can't tell anyone and it's so freeing to get this off my chest i'm an idiot but you know what it was a great story and clearly it wasn't meant to be they had a great time without me and i saved some money so you know there's always a silver lining anyway thanks for being here listening have a great day that's a good personality type that has not going to the Bahamas as a silver lining. <laughs> this is a real secret, and this is a take-it-to-your-grave secret, and I'm going to take it one step further. This woman should shred her current passport lest she someday forget about this drama and be going to some other place with her best friend, and her best friend looks over and sees the visa that was stamped for some other country and is like, wait a minute, you went to Ghana before my bachelorette party, I thought, I thought you lost, you had your passport stolen. You need to get rid of the passport and have a new one issued. This is what I believe. So let it be said. So let it be done. I don't think you need to do that. All right. Here's another secret. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. Love the podcast. Um, I do have a secret today. I have a roommate who basically is a total asshole. He's out of town this weekend. So I bought a can of albacore tuna in water, and I put the water in a spray bottle and sprayed tuna water all over his clothes as revenge. And when he gets back, 
I have already bought a bottle of liquid ash. So I'm going to spray that in the air intake vent of his car so his car will smell like liquid ash. Um, wanted to go this route just because I think smell is the most offensive yet least physically damaging kind of revenge. But yeah, that's my secret. I can't tell my boyfriend because my roommate and him are friends. And I think my boyfriend would be very disappointed in me. Anyway, love the podcast. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she's like, um, the speed with which she was like, uh, relaying her revenge felt like she's about to go do one more thing. Yeah, right. Or like she, it was a little bit, uh, uh, frantic, am- amphetamine y. <laughs> right. Like she's like getting high on the sin of what she's doing to her boyfriend. I mean, tuna uh, water, that's pretty rough. But also, doesn't that, then you smell it. Well, no, because he, he goes lives out. at the house. I mean, he's, he goes out. He tries to pick up a girl. She's like, is that tuna fish? He's going to know she did it. I, here's the thing. I love this. I love what you're doing. I love your brain. I love your mind. I love everything <laughs> about you. But I just have to say that by, at the point where you're ordering liquids online to spray in the vents of your roommate's car, you need to move out. It, yeah. It is over. Do not. It will eventually continue until you get caught. Liquid ass? Liquid ass. You I ordered that I online? Said liquid acid. And I was like, damn, you really are taking this to the liquid ass. I didn't even know that was a thing. But when you are spraying tuna water on your roommate's clothes, you need to also <laughs> be uh, perusing the classifieds to see if there's a new place to live. It's time to move out. You cannot live with an enemy like that. Yeah. I mean, I've never enacted that much revenge on someone. It's pretty good. It's I like I like it, but also water. I wouldn't I I just imagine how how amped and angry you must be to actually have to follow through with that what or the- to actually follow through with that, which makes me think, is it worth it to talk to the person and say what you don't like about them so much unless it's just their vibe, but I like mean- Maybe they're disrespecting her. He's disrespecting her. I'm sure he is. I mean, speaking of amped and angry, tuna water and ordering liquid ass, that requires you to get so mad, but then calm down. You can't stay mad that long. So then you calm down and you're still, you're still spraying the tuna water. When the Amazon package comes. When you're you're sieving hot, soft tuna through a coffee filter into a spray bottle and (laughs) squeezing all of the juice out of it, there's no way that's like an in a moment of rage. While that's other like, while other roommates are going through the kitchen making coffee totally. and you're just kind of in making? the corner. <laughs> Nothing. Just a little tuna water. I mean. Th- she should have used tuna and oil too. That would have fucked up the clothes more. That's premeditated. That's right. like you're calm at that point and still you're like this guy deserves a tuna water. You have to move out. You have to move out. That is clear. All right. Let's hear another secret. Hello. Oh no. I haven't slept all night i mean i've i've been awake i i it's five in the morning it's 5 54 anyways uh i oh god i have a terrible relationship with my mom um she <laughs> about four months ago we were spending time together and we i was at her house and it was about 10 in the morning. And she said, oh, you know, I'm going to drop some things off to my clients. And I was alone at the house until like 9 p.m. And my brother ended up checking her location. And it turned out she was seeing a dude. And I got so mad that I left and went to my dad's house. And then... I am fucking crazy. I went back and I poured milk on her couch. I told my therapist and she said, maybe that's a, a symbol of, uh, you know, some sort of Freudian thing that uh, I need milk from my mother. I don't really remember what she said, but um, yes, that is. Something I don't think I will ever tell someone, but, uh, and I'm hoping no one recognizes my voice. All right. Well, thank you. 
What what's the sin here that her mother was cheating on her father or that she was just seeing a dude? I think I think they just have a fraught relationship and yeah, maybe they it was I, I w- that part was unclear if they were divorced. But milk is like it does that seem symbolic. Boils too though. Well, yeah, she was trying to hurt her mom, but also she was hurting her mom from the very thing that she used to suckle from her tatties. <laughs> So that's kind of interesting. There is some cool symbolism there. When actually, when my father betrayed me, mm-hmm. I nutted on his in his car seat. Moshe. I did. I'm what? I'm trying to be vulnerable here. I don't even know why you're judging me for this. Okay, so sh- did she ruin the couch? I don't know. It, uh, it feels very impulsive. It's very interesting. So we got a lot of liquid revenge happening on this episode mm. too. We got tuna water, liquid ass, and mother's milk. <laughs> well. um... Yeah, I guess it must make you feel good to it's like a visceral thing to like know you're you're crushing something or you're making someone have you're ruining stress. A yeah, it's like very si- very sibyl to picture this woman with like a half gallon of milk just like spraying it on a couch going, "Mommy can't have dick." <laughs> it's interesting, very interesting. All right, <laughs> Natasha, those are three secrets. What do you think if we do one more call? And call it an app. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You're looking bright, sunshiny, powerful, healthy, and a little bit different. What's going on with you? Oh, I started taking AG1. AG1 by Athletic Greens? Yeah, it's just one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day. And they also have travel packs, which I love. And they've got like a cute little bottle, right, that it comes with it. And you can just shake it up and get going. And the top fits on really tight. So then, yeah, you put in the water. It's perfect. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking hair, skin, and nails. I've noticed a difference in my nails. They're not brittle anymore since I've right? since I've been taking AG1 every day. So to be honest, Natasha, you're looking great. I take it in the morning. Well, you've got your morning ritual. And you can have that morning ritual sent straight to your door. AG1 by Athletic Greens will come to you and make your life a whole lot better. It's been a part of millions of mornings since 2010. It gives you increased energy, mood support, making it easy to live your best life. I really enjoy it as well. And I've even mixed it in with other little foods like a smoothie. And you can't even taste it. One of the things I like about it is it doesn't have that like heavy artificial sweetener type of thing so Mm -hmm. you can get your vitamins minerals and other things without feeling like you're sucking on an agave plant if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements athletic greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs my favorite with your first purchase go to athleticgreens.com slash endless honeymoon that's right. It's athleticgreens.com slash endless honeymoon. Check it out and live your best life. No more singing, honey. Please. I feel so hyped. Who shall we call next, Natasha? How about Grant in Portland, Oregon, where we have a live show coming up June 29th with special guest Nick Thune at Polaris Hall. Let's call Grant. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Were you in the military or you just make your bed like that? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm actually kind of a military brat. Both my uh, parents are military and uh, my grandfather was actually in all three branches during uh, World War II. Wait, how do you get in all three branches? What kind of overachiever was this guy? Yeah, he, he did all three. And then after uh, the war was done, he was actually recruiting the uh, what was it, the OSA? That leader became the CIA. Whoa. I want. Yeah, we didn't, I didn't find that out until after uh, my grandfather was ordered dead and, until his funeral, and they were listing all of his achievements. I was like, oh my gosh. There were like so. Bolivian villagers coming out being like, your grandfather destroyed my community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He, and then afterwards, after, after all that said and done, uh, he became. Um, the assistant sheriff and the town's only milkman over in Walla Walla. Why are you calling us? Let's resurrect your <laughs> grandfather and talk to that guy. He seems cool. Uh, more importantly, yeah. Grant, are you coming to our show June 29th in Portland, Oregon? Yeah. Definitely. He made, he made Definitely. metal horns. All right. 
how can, <laughs> how can we help? Uh, so anyways, um, about, I don't know, about a year or so ago, um, all of a sudden, I don't know, uh, pretty sure I became asexual. Um, I've been with my boyfriend now for about 18 years. That'll do it. Um, yeah, no, no, right? It's like, you know, you hit certain marks as you go along and then the sex drive slowly goes down each. each you, you've been with them for 18 years? How old are you? Uh, I'm actually 37. I'll be 38 on the 14th. So you guys. So this was like your first one of your first relationships too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was he was my very first serious relationship, and um, he's literally the end of my gang. Um, he's the exact opposite of me. He's kind of like Robert De Niro. He says two bit phrases like a little bit, not much. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how he talks most of the time. So his grandfather <laughs> actually liberated people, you know, instead of, of subjugating them. I get it. Uh, okay. So 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 I, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's been eighteen years, and now you think you're asexual. Yeah, I had I actually had some other things kind of go down. Um, uh, I was. I'm actually also on um, April 29th uh, will be my one year clean off of meth. Um, I was on meth previously for about seven years. Um, and during that time, she on my boyfriend did a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Um, but uh, luckily, you know, he, he definitely loves me. Uh, police forgave me about everything. He just was like, I just want you to get healthy. I want you to get better. And I have it. Uh, totally have changed everything. It's just now it's like I've been noticing um, <laughs> we've been getting like packages in the mail from him um, dot com, which it's like owner medication. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to sit there and tell him that anything's wrong with him because I feel like he's seen that you know, because I I been just shying away from sex completely. I just in the boner medication for himself or for you? For him. Um I I also take boner medication three times a day. Now is it called <laughs> I do, I have to. Uh it's <laughs> okay, so a little bit more to my story. <laughs> uh about a year ago, um, particularly drugs. Um I, I thought I was sick with the flu, went into the hospital. Turns out I had MRSA, which also wow. stretched my lung. Um, at the same time, I also had pneumonia, uh, which filled my lungs up and pushed on the right side of my heart, caused it to stop twice. Oh, my God. Uh, they, yeah. Uh, they said that the right side of my heart was actually enlarged. Um, uh, they said it was beating at about 70 beats a minute uh, for for years wow um, so, so but luckily like i said everything everything health wise everything's all better i'm almost to your point being sober and everything like that but i mean like i just feel like maybe it's because of the drugs that i just don't want to have sex anymore no wait D hold does... on hold on a second you dropped a really big bomb much like your grandfather did uh, and then, <laughs> and then distracted us with really gnarly and very um, uh, uh, intense health issues. And I'm really happy for you that you're all better now. But I'm still. Why do you take boner medication three times a day? You're like, okay, I take boner medication three times a day. A <laughs> little bit of backstory. I did have pneumonia. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Get back uh, to the three Viagras a day you're popping. What's that about? So uh, what it comes down to is they told me that I have heart failure and I have pulmonary articular hypertension, which means all the blood vessels at the top of my lungs have hardened, restricting the blood flow. Um, like because of that, um, when I was sick and in the hospital, like my ankles were kinkles. That's how much how how much water. It's like a you're it's like a use it or lose it type of situation like get that blood flowing in there or things could get worse kind of thing exactly so i have to take i have to take what they call sildenafil and then another one called the amber sentin and they work hand in hand and they just open up the blood vessels as well as the ones in my dick yeah okay it. all I right I, I have a question does asexuality to you first of all does it feel like a calling 
And second of all, is there any culture around it? Um, as far as culture, I don't know. Um, I do. I have met one lady that was asexual, and she was just, she told me too. She was just like, I just don't want to have sex anymore. I don't feel the need to actually, you know, get that fulfillment in life. What about orgasms? So, I mean, like, as far as, like, orgasms and stuff like that, um, I would just rather go and jack off. It takes about a minute. So you I'm will done. still jack off? Uh, occasionally. Uh, just, and it's, and it's usually just because the water medication going and I can't get this son of the bitch to go down, mm. you know? <laughs> and it makes for awkward that's what your grandfather actually said when he's trying to land a plane i remember i can't get the son of a bitch to go down wait natasha to your question yes uh the answer is yes asexuality does have a culture around it uh and uh, and i saw a documentary so i'm pretty much an expert on the topic um there is a community of asexuals they call themselves ace it's a thing and there's different kinds of asexuals there's like uh, really? Yeah, there's all these different ca- subcategorizations within the asexual community. People that are, you know, like you, are not interested in sex, but do have sexual, uh, uh, physiological sexual desire, you know, like to jerk off once in a while. Then there's some people that say they don't have that at all. Or there's people that say, well, I'm asexual unless I really find someone I blah, 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 I love. All that kind of thing. But well, you haven't yet asked us specifically what the... Your, How does he tell his boyfriend? Is that what the question is? Yeah. Yeah, like how how do I explain it to him? Because I feel like if my if I tell him that, it's just gonna go downhill. And it's gonna you know feel I mean? he's because... gonna feel rejected no matter what. And he's also going to need to get off. I mean, what are the chances he also wants to be asexual? Probably pretty slim. So then you're going to have to have this discussion with him to open up your relationship. Well, and not only that, but too, it's sex sexually wise, it's like it, I'm always kind of the the pleaser. You know what I mean? I'm just, I get them off and then I'm like, hey, great. Yes. You know what I mean? I, If it were me, I would pose it, and maybe this is a lie, but I would pose it as a sabbatical, like something that you're exploring and it's a, it's a, it's a feeling you're, you have and you can't explain it and you're not attracted to other people, but I just need to kind of work through this and kind of... What? Is that true? Are you finding yourself sexually desirous of other people or just your sex drive is just gone? I have some, I'm curious. Yeah, what do you think? It's kind of like um, my sex drive, uh, when it hits, it's a very, like, I don't know, it's it's random and it's just like over and done. You know what I mean? Uh, as soon as I get off, it's I'm good for weeks. You know what I mean? Um, and before, before, you know, me, uh, back when I was on drugs, it was like, when it came to sex, it was just a purely physical, uh, me. Like it was just, you know, it wasn't like, I liked the people at all that I was having sex with, but the sex was great. You know what I mean? Tell me about it. (laughs) I have a thought here. I have a, I have a strong thought here, which is. This seems very obvious to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, if you say you're transitioning into asexuality, I, t- I believe you because you're the, the expert of your own experience. But what I am hearing is, um, and I will be honest to our asexual listeners if there are any, asexuality is baffling to me and, and I have a tough time understanding it fully. But I've, I've tried to wrap my mind around it. Uh, but what I'm hearing from you mo- more than, ah, here is an asexual person is here is a man who has gone through an unbelievable uh, transition in the last two years, mm. both physical and physiological, both physiologically and psychologically. Like you were on meth for seven years in an addictive way. You took that out. Meth does all kinds of fucking weird shit to your brain chemistry. You know, it just fries your pleasure centers in your brain in this weird way. Then on top of that, a methamphetamine addiction that you're also get, getting off of, 
on top of that, you've got this physiological upheaval where your literal blood is having a hard time making its way through your body. Your heart, the like motor of your entire body is shutting down and you're tweaking your body with crazy amounts of medication to get that in order. To yeah. me, what I'm hearing is you're going through like an, a really intense transition physically, psychologically, spiritually, per, uh, uh, your per, everything is different. And so that's the information that your partner, by the way, if he's been with you for 18 years, probably already knows more than you think he knows that you need to yeah. transmit to your partner. Not, hey, I think, I mean, I'm not saying don't say, you should definitely say I'm feeling like a, a, my sex drive is, you know, is nil right now. And I know that that affects you because you're my partner, my romantic partner, and I'm working through this stuff. But just, but also taking it easy on yourself to not have to define what you're going through because you are not, you have not gone through it. You are going through it. That's what I'm hearing right now. Mm. Like just because yeah. your heart's pumping again and your boner's working again, it doesn't mean, and you're sober a year, which by the way, isn't that long, you know? Right. Uh, it, it you, you are not on the other end of this. You are at the beginning of the other end of this. And so in a year, in two years, in three years, you're going to have so much more information about your body and about your sex drive and about your, your, your partnership with, with this man that you love that right now is the time to come clean. Not like, I don't know, I no longer am, I, I am now an asexual person, but rather I'm going through this crazy transition and i know it affects you and here's all of the different things i'm experiencing that's what i think do you think that he might like my i think my biggest fear is is that if i tell him this is that he's gonna slowly start to kind of you know go on his own path it sounds like you would be okay if you guys maybe took a break and he you're afraid that he wouldn't um he he would actually not have sex the entire time i can i can safely say that he is a very committed guy uh that's that the thing is is that i just don't want to put him through not having sex anymore you never heard just lay back and think of england <laughs> wait wait say that again lay back and think of england. that's what they would tell the queens you know, like you don't want to have sex with the king, but you just lay lay back and think of England. So, you know, you're doing it for a bigger reason. That is fascinating advice, Natasha. <laughs> lay back and think, yeah. lay back and think of Portland. I was about to say, I was like, you know, I thought I thought I knew some kinky stuff. I know. Here's what I'm hearing, Grant. Now I now I feel like I really get you. I feel like I've done my full psychoanalysis of you. Um, you have this amazing partner. And you have this uh, information, this narrative in your mind that you are, this is what I'm getting from you. Now, forgive me if I step too far, that you are so fucked up, you know, and literally like uh, drug, drugs. And, and in a way, I, I almost can't. We've never had a guest smoke an actual cigarette while they're asking us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, I'm sorry. No, I love I know, it. I, I actually put it out because I thought that would be rude. No, I like sorry. it. We love it, Grant. We started our relationship smoking cigarettes together. But no, you are so you, you have this narrative that says I am so fucked up. I, I'm a drug addict. And not only that, but my own body, my actual body, started to shut down like my actual physical self started to shut down and yeah. and 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 that means that i am damaged and that i am fucked up and that if i tell my partner of 18 years who i really am and the things that i'm really dealing with that he will see me the way that i see me which is damaged and he will not want to stay and he will leave and i will be alone and i will not be loved i mean Kind of in the back of my head, it's like I know, I know he really wouldn't leave, but at the same time, I just don't want him to be miserable. You don't want to burden him with the with the damaged man that you think that you are. But the thing about, and I don't do this perfectly. I certainly don't do this perfectly with Natasha, but I know what, like, what Ram Das or my therapist or my old sponsor would tell me <laughs> is that is that every time partnership and love. Every time you reveal to that person a deeper level of who you truly are, you always risk them. Truth always risks 
the person getting so scared by the truth that they run away. But not when you're married, you're stuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> and basically, I mean, like we've been together so long. We're they're we're married. married. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But truth always risks the person who you're telling your truth with becoming so scared that they run away. That's just life. But what's the other option is that you fit, you lie about who you are and then who you're they are they are with someone that isn't really you that you are not actually even in a real partnership because they're dating this projection that you're attempting to give them and the, and and I'm going to say it again I bet your partner your husband knows more about what you're going through than you think he does because he's that close to you so I don't know if you're if he'll run away if you tell him the truth about who you really are but the other option is that you stay with him and he's dating a fake version of you and so to me I think always the risk of of honesty it has risks but it also has this great reward is that you get to love this man even deeper and that is right. the process that is the journey of recovery I mean it's the same thing with recovery right. you know when you when you stop doing meth yeah. and then you turn inside you get de honest about who you are is that scary yes do people sometimes uh, encounter something within themselves that's too scary for them to deal with and they run away back into doing drugs or back into or just into hiding from themselves yeah that happens but yeah. but what's the other option is that you just live in illusion so that's what i think and i also have an instinct since you said you're a pleaser part of this is um you know it's a self preservation self care how can i cuz i feel that way sometimes like i need to spend a little more time alone to to find what it is that i need to mm -hmm. do to to fulfill myself so yeah like like as of late one of one of my latest things is every day uh, i make i make dinner for him you know i make sure dinner's on the table for him when he gets home He's had a long day. You know, the last thing that he wants to do is have to cook. You know what I mean? If I could just do something little like that. And so I've been doing that lately and he loves it. You, you have to talk to him. You have to shed light on this. I agree. And that's yeah. your, that's your next step. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're doing generous acts, acts of kindness, but you need to actually shed some light on it so he knows where you're coming from. And so you don't, feel like you have to make him a good dinner or he might get mad that he's not yeah. getting sex or whatever. Right, totally. It's all all of these things are very sweet, but they all have have the same ring to them, which is I'm going to make him so happy that he will not leave. And that is yeah. that is not love, that is fear and preservation. You know, that's survival instinct. That makes that actually yes. Thank you. That that makes a lot of sense. I think the thing is is to stop trying to figure out what you need to do to not lose him and try to figure out what to tell him so that he knows you better because that is what actual love is and love is risk always love takes courage always and i think you need to have that courage and i i, I don't think i don't know if you can't know if this information will cause him to leave you but withholding the information will cause your relationship to be valueless anyway because you'll be both living within a in a fate you'll be living a lot. We'll be living in a bubble. And, yeah. And exactly. also maybe he'll yeah. go out in the next six months and get his sex somewhere else. And maybe that will change something in you. And maybe maybe you'll get your sex drive back. Or maybe the opposite will happen. Maybe he'll meet someone. But you know, you just have to open yourself up to that possibility because that's too much to ask of someone. Yeah, exactly. And see, I I feel what the what Natasha says. It's just one of those things where it's like, dude, that's too much to ask. Somebody, hey, we're just not going to have sex. Anymore. I, I, you know what I mean? But you can't go out and have but, it. But I agree. But you can, yeah. I yeah. agree with both of you that that, <laughs> that could be too much to ask of someone. But there's no way to know if it'll be too much to ask of someone until the conversation is had. And moreover, the bigger point is, I don't think, just based on what you're saying, this is not a commentary on asexuality generally, I don't think based on your specific circumstances, that at this point in the game, it is time for the conversation. I am now asexual and we will, my sex drive is gone and it's not coming back. And our, our love now will be sexless because not because asexuality isn't real. I don't understand. I, I don't know that. 
Uh, I, I mean, I, you can totally, like, I can totally have, still have a very loving relationship and not have sex. No, but this is what I'm saying, Grant, is not that I think asex, that might be true. That might truly be true for you that you have transitioned into asexuality. But at this phase in your development, physiologically and psychologically, you don't know enough information about yourself to know what five years from now will look like in terms of your physicality, in terms of your sexuality. True. You're in a transition, and, and the information I would give to your partner is not, I am now asexual and sex is kind of moving off the table. It's, I'm in a phase where I feel like maybe I'm asexual, and may, I don't even know because everything is so tumultuous and so new that I'm not feeling a sex drive right now, and it might be a new part of myself. It might be my, my, my orientation, or it might not, but this, I just want you to know me better, and I love you, and I value our, our relationship. I think defining things right now is not useful for you. Mm. And what is useful for you is being honest and t and telling your partner where you're at. And send those texts so to your family. Just kind of be like, hey, you take me as I am. That, that is exactly right. Take, take me, me as I am and then make sure to take yourself to our show when we're in Portland. Yeah, most important. This like summer. You guys. More importantly than any of Come this. Come to our Patreon dinner party and yeah. also um, good luck. Yeah, more importantly than any of this uh, heart failure or uh, asexuality or not talking to your family or the terror of losing a, a longtime love is buying tickets to the Polaris Hall show on June the 20th. I mean, that really is the primary thing here. But yeah, I think I always told it was just plugging stuff. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think honestly, being gentle on yourself and like anytime my old sponsor used to say, anytime I have that narrative that says like my partner will leave me if I tell them who I am. I'm an I'm, I'm an addict, but I'm not so any of that negative stuff. My family, about he would say that's a movie playing in your head, and you can feel free to ignore it as you wish. And I think that's good advice for you. Ignore that's the awesome. movie. Thank you. Ignore the movie and just deal with what's real. And see you on the 29th. And stay off meth. Fantastic, yeah. you guys. I'll see you then. Okay. Thank okay. You. Bye, Grant. Bye. Bye. Grant. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, I really sweet. did like his bed. It was very well hospital cornered. I mean, I can only imagine having a grandfather in the CIA will teach you how to make your bed, if nothing else. Oh, that would be nice. Um, speaking of making the bed, Natasha. Yeah. I don't. You've been coughing so much during this podcast that it's making me want to take you to bed. Well, unfortunately, I sprayed tuna water all over our sheets. <laughs> I can't. Uh, that makes me more because... horny. I took three three boner pills and I'm ready to roll. Um, <laughs> Natasha, that was a great episode and a great new format. And um, even though no one at all recognized you at the woman's retreat, I recognize you. I see you. I love you. I love you too.